I'm excited to have uh, Brother Tommy here with us today. Um, and I, I, I love Brother Tommy and his family, and I've known him for, for years. And, uh, and I don't know exactly what he's preaching on today, but I, I know one thing for sure. He's going to tell us something about Jesus because he loves the Lord. And uh, that's evident every time he preaches, every time you talk to him. Uh, it's obvious that he loves the Lord, and uh, and we welcome him to the church. Brother, you come and share with, with us what God has put on your heart. Thank you very much. Thank you. Open your Bibles to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. We'll look at the first 14 verses of Hebrews 10 this morning. It's a pleasure uh, to be here with you. I'm grateful uh, for this church, thankful for the... Uh, partnership that you have with Emmaus Baptist College, and I'm grateful that I've had the opportunity to be here with you a couple times and get acquainted with you, and thankful for uh, your pastor and his family as they're traveling. Just pray for their safety. Thankful for the opportunity to be here with you uh, today. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, if you pay attention at all to the Jewish calendar, you know that this past week, uh, the Jewish people celebrated the Feast of Sukkot, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, and uh, very recently uh, they also had Yom Kippur, uh, and just before that, uh, the Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. And of course, Yom Kippur is the uh, Day of Atonement, a uh, very unusual uh, thing considering that there is no temple uh, today. Uh, there's no place for them to make the uh, sacrifices for the uh, Day of Atonement, no, uh, no Holy of Holies, no mercy seat uh, for them to bring the blood in uh, the high priest and to sprinkle it uh, upon the uh, mercy seat and, and come out and be able to tell the uh, tribes of Israel, peace be unto you, since uh, those things no longer exist, uh, the Bible tells us where our faith ought to be uh, and tells us that, in fact, uh, those things uh, of the temple, the sacrifices were never able uh, to take away uh, sins. The uh, Bible tells us something about those sacrifices in Hebrews 10. We want to look and see uh, what the Bible has to say in the first 14 verses. Beginning with verse 1, the Bible says, For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year uh, continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? Because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is remembrance again made of the sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Above, when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will 
We are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we pray a blessing upon your word, upon the hearing of it and the preaching of it today. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would have liberty to work in our midst. God, we pray for those that are present that have never trusted Christ as Savior and are relying on other things. God, we pray that uh, you would make your will and your work clear to them that, uh, Lord, today they might be saved. God, we pray for those who are your people. and uh, God, we pray for encouragement and strength for them today. We ask God that you would do a work in each of us that would draw us closer to you. God, we pray that you would be glorified. Lord, that you would do in this service what only you can do. And we'll be careful to give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We notice uh, that the Bible tells us here uh, about the futility uh, of the Old Testament uh, sacrifices. Uh, he's telling us that all of these animal sacrifices that were offered year after year after year uh, as a, a priest that uh, were very careful in the way that the uh, animal appeared to make sure it was without a blemish. It, uh, they would inspect it and then once it uh, met the proper grade and it was approved, then it was brought in and, uh, and properly uh, slaughtered and the blood uh, captured and the animal uh, burnt and the blood uh, taken by the high priest into the uh, holy of holies. And uh, after all of this ritual, all of this attention that's been paid to this, uh, he lets us in on a little secret. No one was ever saved by animal sacrifices. The blood of one bull or, or one goat uh, never was effective in taking away uh, the sin of one human being. That uh, This was a, a feudal uh, system. Of course, you remember uh, where it came from. Uh, God is the source of this. He's the one that uh, prescribed first to uh, Adam and Eve, which was passed down to their children, uh, Cain and Abel. You remember that uh, the animal sacrifice uh, was made at, at that time. Uh, later it was instituted in the tabernacle through uh, Moses. God uh, very carefully prescribed uh, the manner in which these sacrifices would be uh, offered, but there was never uh, an indication that that would be uh, the means by which someone would come uh, to saving faith. Uh, never was there a person who was forgiven uh, based on animal sacrifices, but it was always sort of an object lesson that would point us toward the ultimate sacrifice in the person of uh, Jesus Christ. We could never be made uh, white as snow uh, through the offerings of bulls uh, and uh, lambs. If, uh, if there had been a way uh, for animal sacrifices to have been sufficient, there would not have been a need for the Son of God to come into the world. 
There would not have been a need uh, for the Savior to die uh, in our stead. But because uh, of the ineffectiveness of uh, this system, because it was uh, impossible uh, for this animal sacrifice uh, to work, uh, God sent His Son into the world uh, to die for sinners. Uh, and there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I hear people, and perhaps you do as well, uh, say from time to time that all religions are the same uh, and that all religions eventually get us to the same place. You ever hear this? Uh, familiar with this kind of thing? Uh, well, now here uh, is a comparison side by side of two religions that God established. Now, we're not talking about even man-made religions. But in this comparison between Judaism uh, and Christianity, what do we find? That Judaism was ineffective. Uh, that it had pointed towards the coming of Jesus, and that was all it was ever intended uh, to do. Uh, now, if in the comparison between two uh, religions that have God uh, as their founder, uh, when Christianity is found to be substantially better, how do you imagine that man-made religions are going to fare? If we find that these two God-made religions are not the same, uh, that one of them will not get you to heaven uh, by following its dictates, and one of them will. What can we say about men-made religions? We have to uh, agree first and foremost that all religions are not the same, right? Uh, we have to agree that all uh, don't get you to the same place just by comparing uh, Judaism and uh, Christianity. And yet, uh, while the letter of Hebrews was written, the temple was still standing. It was destroyed in 70 A.D., but it was still standing at the time that the Holy Spirit directed uh, this man to write this letter. And he was saying that day after day, the sacrifices continued to be made. Year after year, the high priest went into the Holy of Holies, uh, which, by the way, was empty, remember, because the uh, Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, never reappeared. After the Babylonian captivity, uh, that was the scandal uh, of uh, Jesus' crucifixion. You remember that the veil was rent from top uh, to bottom. And when it was rent, everybody could look in and see what wasn't there. Amen. The high priest was going through the, the motions every year of entering into the Holy of Holies, but there was no mercy seat on which to sprinkle the blood. And today, there's not even a temple. Right? Uh, and so there's nothing uh, to, uh, to help. In fact, the, the Bible tells us here that instead of dealing with our sin, all it does is dredge our sin back up. Uh, instead of uh, bringing us uh, 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 reconciliation and redemption, uh, all we have is a remembrance made of our uh, sin. It rehearses our unholiness. I don't know about you, but I don't need any help remembering what a sorry fellow I am. Amen. I remember that pretty easily. I don't need any help remembering all of the sin and mistakes that I've made. I have a, a, a pretty a good handle on my sinfulness. Uh, but the Judaism, the, the temple system, the animal sacrifice, all it did uh, is bring a remembrance year after year 
of our uh, sins. And so we see the futility. But then we see uh, the finality uh, because uh, we find in verse 12, by this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Uh, look at verse 14. For by one offering he had perfected forever uh, them that are sanctified. So we have a comparison here. The high priest and the priest are standing daily offering sacrifice, but this man offered one sacrifice and sat down. Uh, you see the difference between uh, the sacrifices, between the uh, work. Uh, Jesus has finished His work. On the cross, He uttered the words, Tetelestai, uh, it is finished. An accounting term uh, that means literally paid uh, in full. God can forgive sin and God alone. Uh, and God, through uh, the person of Jesus Christ, has made it clear that He is willing and able uh, to forgive us our sin through His Son, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, Hebrews 10 tells us that while the sacrifices uh, continue to be performed again and again, uh, year after year, uh, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ is a once-for-all event. It doesn't need to be repeated. Jesus was sufficient in His one sacrifice to save every man and woman and boy and girl who ever has lived or ever will live. His sacrifice is sufficient. It was a final in its ability to redeem us from all of our guilt, from all of our sin, from all of our shame. The issue of our forgiveness has been settled forever. All that we have to do is place our faith in Jesus Christ and His death and burial and resurrection. Uh, and by doing that, uh, we become children uh, of God. By doing that, uh, He perfects us forever. Don't have to worry about whether I'm going to get into heaven. Don't have to worry about maybe I'll sin tomorrow or next week uh, and somehow mess up my chances. No, sir. Uh, it is a once-for-all event. Uh, and Jesus uh, has paid it uh, all. Uh, under the old system, you'd have to continue to make a sacrifice for sins, and uh, then you'd sin again, and uh-oh, got to go back to the temple and get another lamb, and uh, offer it to the priest, and uh, go through the whole uh, sacrifice all uh, over you, but not so with Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, that uh, He has forgiven me of my sin. Amen. I am seated in heavenly places in Him. Amen. Isn't that great? Uh, he has perfected uh, forever. God wants us to know that Jesus offered a single sacrifice. No need to go back and again and again and get saved again. Uh, one, one salvation uh, is sufficient. Uh, and He has uh, made it possible for us uh, to be right with God. Uh, he did it and it was uh, done. And the fact that He's ascended to the right hand of God tells us that God has accepted uh, what Jesus did. Listen, we ought to be doing flips. Uh, we, we ought to be, our skin ought to just be filled with goose flesh. Uh, look what God has done for us. Isn't that wonderful? 
How in the world can we be blasé when it comes to the sacrifice that Jesus made for us? How can we be casual when we realize we were destined, uh, rightfully so, for a devil's hell for all of eternity? That's what we deserve. But God, because He loved us so much, uh, sent Jesus uh, to die for us, to offer us uh, forgiveness uh, for our sins. That guilt that uh, we struggle with, the, uh, the pain that we have over uh, betrayal and hurt and, uh, and regret, Jesus tells us, I'll cover that. I've got it. I don't. You don't have to carry the weight of that uh, anymore. But once for all, I'll bring it under uh, the blood. I couldn't do that for myself. You couldn't do it for yourself. But Jesus did. Uh, and so we see uh, the finality uh, of uh, the cross. But I want you to see finally uh, the facility. Notice. Uh, verse 17 and, and 18 and 19, he says, And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering of sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness uh, to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, uh, which he had consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, uh, through his uh, flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed uh, with uh, pure water. Uh, we have uh, access. Uh, Jesus has facilitated uh, our ability to come into the very presence uh, of God. I want you to understand the Old Testament temple and the temple that stood during the lifetime of Jesus was a study of barriers. Uh, it, it was all about exclusion. There was one room in that temple that only one fellow could go in, and he could only go there one time a year. That was the uh, most holy place, or the holy of holies. And then outside of that was the uh, holy place. Uh, and only uh, the priests I could go into there, uh, and those who were uh, in service at that particular time uh, to tend to the matters uh, that needed to be tended to in the holy place, the uh, off of the altar of showbread, or uh, the golden uh, candlestick, or the altar of, of incense. They had to attend to those things. And then there was the court uh, of the priests. And you could only go in that area uh, if you were a priest. Then there was the court uh, of the men. And then outside of that uh, was the court of the women. And finally the court uh, of the Gentiles. And there was uh, literally a sign uh, that has been unearthed since then uh, that, that warned any Gentile to not go beyond the barrier of the court of the Gentiles under penalty of death. You see... Uh, that system was a series of barriers and exclusions. But with Jesus, we're able to come into the very presence of God. Isn't that wonderful? That through the offering of His flesh, by the rending of the veil, He gave us access. So that you and I don't need to go through a mediator. We don't need uh, an intermediary. 
Uh, but we can go directly to God and we can do so boldly. Uh, we can do so uh, with uh, confidence. Jesus has opened the door uh, to the throne room of God so that you and I may enter at any time. Not because of who you are or because of who I am, uh, but because of who Jesus is and what He's done uh, for us. Because of that, you and I are able to approach God and we don't have to be afraid. We can come uh, and find grace to help uh, in time uh, of need. We uh, have the opportunity to come into the very presence of God regardless of what our uh, issue is. You remember uh, the Old Testament story of Esther. You remember that her uh, cousin or uncle, whatever that relation was, Mordecai, warned Esther about the plot to kill the Jews. And, uh, and he uh, tried to recruit Esther uh, to go to the king and try to reverse this decision to kill the Jewish people. And Esther realized she was the queen. She was married to the king. Man, if anybody ought to have access, it ought to be the bride, right? But she said, look, I can go stand in the, in the doorway and if he extends the scepter to me, then I come. But if I try to go barging in, I could get killed. What, if, what would happen, men, do you imagine what would happen if the next time your wife wanted your attention, you told her she had to stand at the threshold and wait for you to... That, that's probably not going to go over too well, right? Say, so, hey, don't barge in. <laughs> Esther said, I can't just barge in on the king. She was married to him. But you and I can go boldly in the presence of God. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, we don't have to uh, worry that we're coming at an inopportune time. We don't have to worry that, uh, that somehow uh, he's got other business on his mind. Uh, he is interested in us. In fact, uh, he even knows the number of hairs on our head. He's interested in us. He cares and he wants to uh, hear uh, about our lives. He wants us to share with him uh, our thoughts and, uh, and our opinions. We have access to the presence of God because... Uh, Jesus tore down the barrier uh, that separated us. Uh, sometimes, I don't know about you, sometimes I feel unworthy. Amen. I just feel like, boy, I don't have any business coming in before God. But see, when He looks at me, He's not seeing my blunders. He's seeing the righteousness of His Son. Amen. <laughs> And so I have access. Jesus has facilitated a way, a new and a living way. He's made it possible for us to come into the very presence of God. The door is open. Listen, this morning, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I do know that Jesus died for you. I know that Jesus has made it possible for you to be born into the family of God. He's made it possible for your sin to be forgiven. You say, well, I'm a, a pretty good person. Or, 
what seems to be more popular today. I'm not really religious. I'm more spiritual. Listen, let me just tell you what the Bible says. There's no other way to heaven except through Jesus. There's only one way. And that's through Him. And say, but all religions, aren't they basically the same? Well, we looked at the Bible and we found out that there were two that were God-made. And they're not even the same. So we can't say that all religions are the same or that they all get us to the same place. But what we can say definitively is that Jesus died for sinners. And that through the blood of Jesus... You could be born again in the family of God. And so, if you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, we're going to have a verse of invitation. I would urge you to come and receive the salvation that Jesus has provided. Maybe you're a believer this morning, but you've just been carrying around a lot of burdens. You've been dealing with a lot of regret and shame and You've been burdened by the past. But I just want you to realize that Jesus by His death perfected forever them that came to God by Him. Every bit of it's under the blood. Now God has let it go. Who are you to hold on to it? God has has gotten over it. Why don't you? If you're a, a child of God today, maybe there's some decision that you need to make. Maybe for church membership or uh, maybe uh, for service. Maybe you just need to come and pray at the altar. We're going to have a verse of invitation. This is your opportunity to do business with God. God has taken everything out of the way. Every obstacle that could have hindered you. So there's no reason for you not to come today. Would you stand together with me? Father, we thank you for Jesus. We just want to exalt Him this morning and lift up His name because He alone is worthy to receive glory and praise and honor. God, we pray that You would bless this time of invitation. God, we ask that You would use it to accomplish what only You can accomplish in our lives. Lord, you know the decisions that we need to make and we pray that you would give us the grace to be obedient in those matters. We pray that you'd be pleased with the choices that we make because we pray it in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.